Hey, this is Bruce. I'm the pastor of the Word Church, Kimberley. I'm so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I trust that Jesus will speak to your heart, that you'll be strengthened with faith, and that you'll experience the breakthrough that you're looking for. Enjoy the message. We are going to open in John chapter 12 this morning. John 12. You know, it's the worst enemy, one of the worst enemies of God is not the devil. One of the worst enemies of God is religion. <laughs> religion. Religion, tradition. You know, I love, I love how Shane got up today and he said, hey man, just give, give from your heart. Give from your heart. And uh, it's so easy to get trapped in, in the leaven of the Pharisees. It's so easy to get back into, into works, into traditional way of, of doing things. Someone actually put it, put it quite well in a shocking way. Uh, I don't know how much I agree with it, but I think, I think there's some truth. He said, one of the safest places to hide from God is religion. <laughs> one of the safest places to hide from God is religion. And Jesus had his hands full with, with the religious. Um, and I'm not saying, remember, we're not talking, when we say religion, we're not talking about people who attend church. We're not talking about people who, who love Jesus. And, you know, some people think that, that church is religious or that, um, like, religion is when you think you can please God with, you know, with tithes with, uh, with works, and, uh, and you're cleaning the outside of the cup, comparing yourself to other people. That's religion. Um, and Jesus died for, for everyone. Now, let me just also say, when you know that you're in the trap of religion, God did not call you to attend a weekly service, <laughs> to maybe have a, a quiet time every now, once in a week, and then to pay your, your tithes. And if we think that is all that Jesus died for in this life and to give us, we are wrong, you know. And somehow we've got religious, religious. And we need to, um, like Jesus said, be careful for the leaven of the Pharisees. Don't let the leaven get in and end up uh, making you a, a, uh, a Pharisee. <laughs> okay, so uh, we were called... We were called to, to burn for him. So come, let's quickly go to John 12. And this was, I think, very, very close to where Jesus was about to be crucified. And uh, we're going to pick it up from verse... Where are in, let's see. I'm reading from a new Bible, and that always makes me a bit demacar. Uh, John 12, verse... Verse 23, John 12, verse 23, he says, Jesus answered them, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified and exalted. Now, I assure you most solemnly, uh, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies. It will remain just 
alone. It will remain just one grain. Never more. But if it dies, it produces much grain and yields a rich harvest. Unless a grain of wheat or unless a seed falls into the earth and dies, it remains by itself alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. For those who want to know the translation, I'm reading out of the new Amplified, the brand new Amplified. It produces much grain. So Jesus was basically saying there, here I am, I, I'm alone. Okay, now you take all the, all the scriptures where Jesus said, I am, I am, I am. It's like the one. And we know like we sang today, who else can walk on the water? We've preached about it. No one, no one. Who else can heal all our sins and diseases? No one, no one, no one. No one but him. No one, nowhere. But Jesus says, unless the grain of wheat dies, uh, it will just remain one. But he says, if it dies, it will re- re- produce a rich harvest. And it will create that there is abundance of sons and daughters in the kingdom. And I'm telling you, it looks a lot more like, like the religious mindset expects from you. The religious mindset expects things from the church. But Jesus, Jesus, what he expects from you is to be like him. Jesus expects us to be like him. Come on. Jesus expects us to be like him, to appear like him. Uh, We are not, I've got to be careful with what I'm about to say, but Jesus never came to make you a Christian. Jesus didn't die to make you a Christian. He didn't die to give you a religion. Jesus died to make you a son of God. Jesus died to, to make you a child of God. Jesus died so that you can have what he has. He didn't die to make you a good Christian, clean on the outside. The, and, and the shocking word about Christian is that or, although it doesn't come directly from God, it was Gentile people that began to call Paul and Barnabas. They were the first ones, I think, to be called Christians. They were first called Christians in Antioch. When, when Paul and Barnabas were preaching amongst the Gentiles, they said, wow, the, these people are Christian, which means they are Christ-like. They are like Christ. In, in the religious mindset, we think a Christian is someone who believes in Jesus. And there's some truth to it. But it's not the idea that God had uh, for us. God's idea was to give His Son so that He wouldn't be the only Son anymore, that He would have many sons and daughters. Amen? Come on, amen. So he's speaking about you. So you, the religious expectancy is that we'll become good, that we'll become polished, that we'll stop smoking, that we'll stop swearing, that we'll stop being bad, and that we'll become good. But Jesus did not die so that you can become good. Okay? He didn't die so that you can become good. He died so that you can become new. He died so that you can come alive so that you can finally discover purpose, that you can finally discover what God has called you to be. You need to shake off the religious junk. It's time to shake that off. It's time to be free from religion. Come on. Yeah. It's time to be free. Yeah. Are we going to shake it off? Are we going to do that? Where's the Taylor, Soft, uh, Taylor, Taylor, Swift, Taylor Swift tune? 
Can we shake it? Next, next praise, and, praise and worship, we're going to be shaking it off. We're going to shake off all, all religion. Amen? So he said, he will remain just one. But if he dies, it will produce a rich harvest. So we know that Jesus is the seed. Jesus is the heir. Okay, he's the rightful heir to the throne. He's the rightful heir, the Abrahamic heir, all of that that we've, we've uh, been speaking about. But the fact that he died is he produces many like him. So he died and he was planted in the tomb. We mentioned the tomb became a womb. Jesus became the firstborn from amongst many brothers from there. And the moment you give your life to Jesus, the moment you accept him in your life, you become born again. And you take a new existence. Hallelujah. And you don't become a new person. You don't get a reset button. You become a new creation. And you are different. You are, we are different. That's the reality of who we are. Amen? So they, uh, the, the Pharisees accused the disciples of turning the world upside down. And unfortunately, it's religion that turns the, the world upside down. The, the religious turns it upside down. The, the, the real, true, genuine turns it right side up. Jesus came to turn things right side up. Amen? Amen. Woo! All right, so let's read on. Uh, let us go to, it remains just one. All right, let's go to verse, verse 30. Jesus answered this voice, oh, Wait, maybe let's, let's go to verse 28. Rather, I will say, Father, glorify, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd of people who stood, uh, stood nearby, um, the crowd of people who stood nearby and heard the voice said that it had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken. Jesus answered, the voice has come for your sake and not mine. Now... Judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world is cast out. Amen. We've preached on that. He's cast out of heaven um, and he's got no access there at all. And I, if and when I'm lifted up on the cross, I will draw all people to me. It can be all people. It could be all judgment. But it's a sign that the division is over and that all people have access to God. Now, verse 33 says, He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he was to die. At this, the crowd answered him, We have heard from the law that the Christ is to remain forever. So these people understood one thing about the arrival of the Messiah, is that they understood that the Messiah was to come and to remain they say, we have learned from the law that the Christ is to remain forever. How can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? Now, this is the religious people uh, like accusing Jesus. Because all the promises, if you read Psalm, 100 or Psalm 89, you'll read that they would say that His throne would be forever. Can we, let's go there quickly. Let's, let's read that. So just so you understand what the, the Pharisees understood... Psalm 89, I think it is. And uh, 
we just switch to the King James, and we're going to read uh, from verse 35. From verse 35, let's read there. Psalm 89, verse 35, in the King James 2:37. Once I have sworn by my holiness that I will not lie unto David. His seed shall endure forever. Now, I'm taking you back to uh, the, the verse that we emphasized earlier. Is he said, unless a seed falls into the earth and dies, it remains just one. This scripture says, his seed shall endure forever. His throne as the sun before me. Next verse. It shall be established forever as the moon and as a faithful witness in heaven. Selah. Selah just means pause, think about it. <laughs> the Christ is to remain forever. The religious mindset says that Christ is not here. The religious mindset says that we are waiting for Christ to come. The, the believer understands the Son of God, the, the, the sons and daughters of God understand that Christ remains. Christ has not gone anywhere. Christ has come to remain in His church, to remain in His people, to remain in you. Come on, say, remain in me. Christ remains in me. And now that's Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3 says, may Christ actually through your faith uh, make His permanent home in your hearts. That sounds forever and permanent. Permanent home. Christ is here. Amen. And He did not leave the planet. <laughs> Christ did not leave the planet. He never left the planet. <laughs> Christ remains. Remains and He remains in His people. Okay, so let's just read on. At this, verse 34 of John 12, we have heard from the law that Christ is to remain forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Now, if you read most of your footnotes in your Bibles, you'll see that lifted up was actually a, is understood, was understood by those people to, to be crucified. Lifted up meant to be crucified. So they knew exactly who they were speaking of. And they say, who is the Son of Man, was also referenced to Daniel because the Bible prophesied, that Daniel prophesied that the Messiah would be called Son of Man. So they were challenging him. So Jesus said to them, the light is among you only a little while longer. Walk while you have the light. Keep on living it so that the darkness will not overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become sons of the light. Amen. Woo! Sons of the light. You see, today, today we think of light as in globes. Yeah? So we see these globes and so we see electricity. <laughs> Back then, light was fire. <laughs> it was a bit different. If we, if we think of light, we think of the sun. Or we think of fire. And so, but today we think of, you know, plug in, you have, you have light. But in those days, light was fire. And so, uh, so Jesus came over and over and he said, I am 
the light of the world. You can, you can pick that up. I think it's two, two times he says that. Verse 46, in the same chapter, he says, I have come as a light into the world so that everyone who believes in me, all those who anchor their hope in me and rely on the truth, will not continue to live in darkness. Uh, maybe we can just go through some scriptures. Donato, are you there? Let's go. Let's quickly do um, John 8 verse 12. I think also Jesus says it. John 8 verse 12. Once more, Jesus addressed the crowd. He said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not be walking in the dark, but will have the light, which is life. Maybe we can read Isaiah 9 verse 2. He, he, Isaiah 9 verse 2, I think it says something like, those who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Yeah, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land in tense darkness and the shadow of death upon them has the light shined. So if we go back, if we go back to verse 36 of John 12, he says, while you have the light, believe in the light. That means that Jesus came to be light in that time, okay? Jesus came to be light to the people who are in darkness at that time. Now he says, while you have the light, which means you'll only have the light a little bit longer. He says, believe in the light that you may become sons of the light and be filled with the light. So Jesus' idea for Christ to remain forever is directly connected to light. And, and there, light is evidence. We said at men's meeting on, on uh, Friday, if you are a believer, if you are a Christian, the, man, I know we don't have to see it. We don't have to see signs and wonders, but I'm telling you, there has to be supernatural things that happen in your life. There has to be miracles. There has to be some kind of evidence that you believe in someone greater than what, you know, than what this world has to offer. There has to be signs and wonders. Come on. Religious mindset says, no, the pastor must pray, or this one must say, no. God says, if you believe in the light, you will become the light. If you, if you uh, are born again, you are seed. And, and it goes as far as it says, Christ is in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. Now, again, back to my, uh, my point. Light was fire. Light was fire. A very a good way to understand, are you on fire? <laughs> Come on. Are you on fire? Are you burning for, for Jesus? Or are you stuck in the religious cycle? in the religious mindset, in the religious expectation. Oh, man, I tell you, uh, uh, as a pastor, you feel it. You get the tap on the back, well done, pastor. It's like, I'm not burning for you. You need to burn. You need to burn. I need to come look at you in the week and look how you're living, and then at the end of the week, well done, that was good. You did well. Yeah. Come on. Come on. You are supposed to be burning. We are supposed to be burning for Jesus. I don't know about you, but I can't imagine five years from now looking back and just thinking, yeah, those were good meetings. 
wow, that was amazing times. I want to just be on fire for Jesus. I want to be, I want to be consumed like we, we heard. I want to be consumed by Him. That's what you've been called to do. You've been called to burn for Him. You've been called to burn for Him. You've been called to be on fire. You've been called to be light to the world, light to the darkness. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Christ is in you. All right, so let's go to 1 John. We're going to read chapter 3. He says, see, I love that word, see what an incredible quality of love the Father has given us, that we should be named and called and counted the children of God. Man, beautiful promise. And we are. The reason that the world does not know us is that it does not know Him. And it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful scripture because it indicates that there is, that there is um, this partnership between us and the Father. <laughs> and responsibility of both of us, the Father's responsibility and His children's responsibility. There is a problem in that scripture. The world does not know us. Why does the world not know us? Because it does not know Him. So the solution is not to go into the world and tell them, hey, we're children of God. <laughs> okay, look at me, I'm a child of God. Who's God? <laughs> Who is the Father? Who is the Father? That's the problem here. And so, so God says, see, look, see what an incredible love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the children of God. It doesn't say that He's going to call us the children of God. The world is going to call you children of God. They're not going to say, oh, wow, good Christians. They're going to say, wow, child of God. That is a child of God. And that is going to be measured, that's going to be known by works. You know, like, again, back to religious, you, you can't, for sure, you can't do anything to please God. You can't earn it, you can't deserve it. But you have to work. You have to do something. You have to shine your light. You know, I, I used to have this religious idea that if I just walk in the mall, I'm glowing. And everybody's just looking at me. Look, I'm shining. No, if you read Matthew 5, he actually says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. And he actually says, People will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Okay. Not your impressive works. I love Lisa Bevere and John Bevere through this marriage course. She said, When God gets to you, or when you get to God, He's not going to say, Perfectly done. He's going to say, Well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. It's, it's got to do with heart posture. But so good works is not cake for me. Good works is look at him. Good works is, is directing it to, to the Father and saying, no, he, it's him. He's doing it, you know. So when I'm healing the sick, I am pointing it to, to Jesus. When I am offering, praying offering, I am pointing it to Jesus. When, no matter what I'm doing, I am pointing him. 
And I love this picture because it actually says, when I'm pointing to Jesus, I'm saying, or uh, to God the Father, I'm pointing to Jesus, I'm saying, yeah, look at my Father. Look at Jesus. He's saying, look at my Son. Look at my Son. That's my Son. And that's my Father. And He will show the world, this is my Son. This is my daughter. And so we work together. Amen? Amen? Okay, verse 2. Beloved, we are, even here and now, God's children. Selah, think about it. You are not a Christian. (laughs) You're a child of God. You're a son of God. The same life that goes through God goes through you. The same DNA of God goes through you. You were born of God. You are not trying to become. You are because He made you. Come on. He designed you to be. He has birthed you. (laughs) Now, He says, it's not yet disclosed. It's not made clear what we shall be. But we know that when He comes and is manifested, we shall see Him. We shall, as God's children, resemble and be like Him. For we shall see Him just as He really is. We will see Him as He really is. Most people don't know what to do with this time on earth. (laughs) How to express themselves in faith. Because they think one day, and they think one day Jesus must just come fetch us. Or one day when I go to heaven, then we will know. One day. Most of us know what we were saved from but we don't know what we were saved for. We don't know what we were saved for. We think we were saved to go to heaven. You were not saved to go to heaven. You were not saved to go go to heaven, and thank God for a place of heaven, but I don't want to go to heaven and have not run my purpose, not have God uh, laid hold of what God laid hold of me for in this life. God has got a purpose for us. In this life. And he says here, we don't know what we will be, speaking about something greater, something, wow, something more than what we can think or imagine that's waiting for us. Doesn't mean that it's waiting for us in heaven. It says it's waiting for us when he appears, right? When he appears. But we know that when we see him, we will be like him. Wow. So there's a part of Jesus that we don't know yet, <laughs> that we don't understand yet. That's, that's fine, right? But, but let, me, let me read one more, one more verse in 1 John chapter 4. And we're just going to read the B part in the Scripture in verse 17. The bottom part, you'll see there, that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. 
if you want to think about the direct outflow of power from your life, what is your revelation of who Jesus is today? What is your revelation when you see Jesus, when you understand Jesus? There'll be a measure of it flowing out from your life. Come on. Because as He is, so are you going to be. No. As He is, so are we when we get to heaven. No. As He is, so are we in this world. So are we in this world. Yes, okay, so this morning you kicked the dog on your way to, to, uh, to church. You shouted at your kids on your way to church. It doesn't change your position in Him. I want you to hear what He sees in you. You can apologize to Fluffy after the service. There's no excuse to kick the dog. But if you kick the dog, you have not been kicked out of your position. That you, there is a responsibility on your life. And I'm not trying to tell you you should be doing more. You should be resting more in who He is. You know what's interesting about Scripture is we, we speak about the return of Christ. And yeah, Lord, I pray, Lord, just come. Just come. Just, just come. We're done. Come get us out of here, please, Lord. I'm done. But most, most of the times where, the, where your Bible speaks about return of Christ is poorly translated to appearance. It should be appeared. Christ appeared. There are many appearances. There isn't just two appearances of Christ. We think Christ came then and one day you'll come again. Well, let's get our terms better. Jesus came then and Jesus will come one day again. I can prove from several scriptures that there are several, several comings of the Lord. There's, there's the coming that 1 John chapter 4, that, uh, uh, 1 John 3 that we read where it speaks about Him, we do not know what we shall be, but we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him. But there is also the appearance in John 14, He says, to those who love me, I will appear to them. I will appear to them. I will appear to them. Uh, Paul speaks about how, how Jesus appeared to him, broke bread with him, had communion with him. He wasn't there amongst the disciples when, when Jesus did that. But he became, he had to be an apostle, and one of the, the things of apostles is they have to see Jesus. Paul, Jesus appeared to Paul. I've had appearances, and I don't want to, to um, I don't want to make it as if there's anything about me, but, but Jesus has appeared in my dreams, showed me things, I've seen, I've seen things, glimpses, glimpses, but we're called to, to see him. We're called to, to greater um, encounters with Him, not to be positioned like they were in the book of Acts where Jesus goes and He ascends and the disciples are just looking up. Uh, uh, and that's what a lot of, we've said this before, but that's a position of the church the whole time. Lord, come, when are you coming? We hear, cake for the Volker. Look, look, any, any cloud, that cloud, maybe you'll come. We keep on looking, and the, the angels, hey, man, stop looking in, in heaven. Romans 10 says, don't say in your heart who will descend into the abyss to bring Christ up. 
Don't say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven to bring him down? But what does the word say? The word is in you, in your heart, in your lips to speak. Nothing is going to change. You know what? Can I tell you, your great-grandma was waiting for the coming of the Lord. Your great-great-great-grandpa was waiting for the coming of the Lord. And if we don't begin to possess the promises of God, our great-great-great-grandchildren will be speaking about us who was waiting for the coming of the Lord and didn't do anything. We need to possess uh, what the promises of God and stop postponing and shifting them for one day. Come on. And some of, some of us uh, uh, believers, all we need to do is get your car in gear. You're on neutral. Get it in gear, put the pedal down, and burn for Him. Amen? Burn for Him. Hallelujah. One of the biggest problems that we have today is the church we, we go and gather. We don't gather and go. We go and gather. We don't gather and go. Our Christian life is defined by going to gather, not gathering to go. We need to gather, be fueled up, experience the presence of God, come ready to worship. When the worship hits, Larry mustn't have to wind you up like an old machine to say, hey, come, come, lift your hands, do something. No, you've got to come ready to worship. You've got to come ready to give everything. And, and that together he inhabits our praises and then we go. And then we go. Woo! Amen? As he is, so are we in this world. Can, can you... Can you quickly, can we go back to that, that passage that we read in 1 John 3? Um, I'm pretty much done. Now we're going to do baptisms. 1 John chapter 3. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it's time. Uh, so 1, John, 1 John 3. And I want you to go to the Passion Translation. Look with wonder. He says, at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that He has lavished on us, He has called us and made His very own beloved children. The reason the world doesn't recognize who we are is that they didn't recognize Him. Next verse. Beloved, we are God's children right now. However, it is not yet apparent what we will become. Now, one thing that we need to know is, in faith, you become what you behold. No matter what you look at, you reflect what, you're, what you see. If you're caught in anxiety, if your eyes are on all the problems, you reflect that. You become that, right? You become that. It's easy to see if somebody loves Jesus they become that. It's easy to see if somebody is invested in, in the Word, they become that. If somebody is business orientated, if he keeps looking that, he becomes that. He becomes a businessman. No matter what you look at, you, you become. That's why you need to choose your company very well. It's not yet apparent. The word apparent is the same word as appearance. It's not yet apparent what we will become. But we know 
that when He is finally made visible, we will be just like Him, for we will see Him just as He truly is. Just as He truly is. I want you to quickly go to Hebrews 9 in the same uh, translation, verse 27. Verse 27. Hebrews 9, verse 27. Verse 28. Amplify it for me. If you can put it there. Even so, it is Christ, once having been offered to take sins upon himself and bear as a burden of sins, says he will appear a second time, not to carry any burden of sin, nor to deal with sin, but to but to bring to full salvation those who are constantly, patiently waiting for Him. King James it for me. If you can. Sorry, I know I'm giving you lots of. For those that look for Him, those that look for Him, He brings full salvation. And, and God has called us to be, to be lovers of Jesus. To people that, that look for Him, that love His appearances, that love, love His presence. That you, won't, that you won't be a religious Pharisee. I don't want to be a religious Pharisee. One of the worst things I think that for, for a preacher to be is to call this a job and a career. It's got to be an awful trap to be a, a preacher and be a, for it to be a career. God never came to give us institutions, denominations, with logos outside. He never came. He never came. Never came to give us this. He had one goal in mind: to bring many sons into glory, to bring many sons into glory, many children of God, all of us. And He's not satisfied until we all are burning for Him. Amen. It's time to drop that institution, that religious mindset. Walk away from it. Burn it up. If you're satisfied with, with like I said, with, uh, with just giving tithes, coming to church, and then doing your career, you missed it. I've missed it. Goodness, I've missed it as well. People have missed it. I've missed it big time. We're all called to burn for Him. That's it. We're all called to shine for Him. We're all called to be, to be lights in darkness you're all called to pray for the sick <laughs> you're all called to, to snatch people out of the fire, all of us all of us are called for it it's time we, we invest in there, amen you're not defined by your job I'm, 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 I'm done you're not defined by your career you're not defined if you're a businessman, you're not a businessman, you're a son of God that does business if you're, if you're a doctor, you're not a doctor and then a son of God. You're a son of God and then you're a, a doctor. Okay? And, uh, yeah, even me. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a pastor, goodness, but I'm a son of God. And I have to express, I have to express 
life through Him. Well, I trust that message blessed you. Please feel free to contact us for any prayer requests or feedback. We would love to connect with you. You can follow The Word Church Kimberly on any social media platform and become a part of our online community. Be blessed. Thank you.